Hello and welcome to another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia. Of course, I'm your mayor of PHNX and I'm joined by my vice mayor, the one and only Thunderstick, Jesse Friedman. Hello, Derek. I like your t-shirt today. I like this t-shirt, huh? This is a good t-shirt. I like your hat. I, I like do. your hat because I, do. I don't know if people know this, but this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. And of course, if you haven't done so already, you got to get down on the 10-point special on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Jesse, uh, of course, we are excited. The Arizona Diamondbacks are back home. Uh, they take on the Reds in a three-game series starting tonight. And I think that uh, before we go, before we start, before we talk about all this, uh, I wanted to send out my um, heartfelt thoughts and prayers to our friend Greg Schulte. Uh, yeah. Over here's on Diamondbacks broadcasting team. Uh, he has come down with an undisclosed illness, but he will be taking some time away uh, for chemotherapy. So we just wanted to wish Greg the best. We we love Greg. He is an absolute legend in the Valley. And, uh, you know, we we can't wait to see you back in the booth, Greg. Greg is a he's an absolute legend, Derek, and he's uh, he's uh, particularly uh, been a hero in my life ever since I was uh, very young. Uh, some people probably already know this, um, but I was the Diamondbacks kid caster once upon a time when I was 12 years old. And the way that I got the gig is I impersonated Greg Schulte's voice. That's why they picked me. Should Mark Gray, Darren Sutton, welcome a young Greg Schulte into the broadcast booth? Greg Schulte, you town kitty, I welcome you to our Arizona Diamondbacks broadcast booth here at Chase Field. Paul Goldschmidt's going to be the first batter up against Jan Qualls, the former Diamondback, and he comes in to replace Corey Lukey for San Diego. First pitch from Qualls on the way to Goldie, and that's a strike on the inside corner on the count. Goldie on the season with seven overs and 19 runs batted in. Stretch. And the pitch by Qualls. And there's a drive. Way back to right field. That ball is way out of here. You can't touch him all, Paul Goldschmidt. As he hits a long home run to deep right field to give the Diamondbacks a 4-3 lead over the San Diego Padres. Yep. I think so. Let's go. (laughs) Is that the same background? Are you in the same room, Jesse Friedman? Oh, my God. What a professional. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I had no idea that that was about to be played everyone. And I literally just like teed it up perfectly. (laughs) Oh, we got you. We got you. Honestly, right. We talk about big moments. We talk about our connection with these guys, with this team. Who knows if you would be here sitting here with me now, if it wasn't for that very interview that you did back there to kind of light the fire for, for you to be here now. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So what you, (laughs) what you just watched uh, or what you just heard, if you're joining us on audio, that was my audition video. I had to like submit a video in order to audition for the kid caster. And that was the video that I made. And apparently it's, Apparently, it's still floating around on Yo, YouTube yeah. because no, you guys found it. Internet, so. Jesse. You were calling <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt hitting a home run. I just aged 10 years watching that, knowing that that's how young you were when Paul Goldschmidt was with this team. But uh, again, we, we we love you, Greg. Uh, Jesse loves you. Yes. I love you. We love you big, you know, and uh, we, we can't wait to see you back. Um, but of course, in the meantime, the Diamondbacks will hold it down. Uh, they definitely have this... Uh, upcoming home stand with the Cincinnati Reds that we've talked about a little bit. And then things get pretty difficult for this team after that, Jesse. So this is kind of the last little stretch of their schedule. That was a bit easier by comparison to the beginning and here kind of, as we wind down going towards the, uh, the all-star break. Yeah. I mean, it's three against the Reds. And then, I mean, the Minnesota twins, they don't have the name cred as as you know the Dodgers or the Giants or some of the other teams that we're used to playing have but they've been a very very good baseball team this year uh some guy named Carlos Correa apparently plays for the Twins now um so they've they've got some some good they've got some good pieces over there um but yeah I think there's also another angle to this Derek where some people may suspect that the Diamondbacks it almost doesn't matter who they're playing it's kind of felt like the results have been roughly the same no matter what I guess their record against teams that are uh, below 500, I, I do think is better than than their record uh, against teams above 500. But at least over these last 10 games, 
Um, I, you know, I've seen some people talking about how it feels like they kind of played down to the competition a little bit. Uh, you know, they didn't quite uh, do what you would expect them to do against teams, uh, you know, like the Pittsburgh Pirates or the Cincinnati Reds. So, um, yeah, maybe it maybe it'll be good for them to, you know, start actually playing some really good teams again. They certainly started the season off with a really hard schedule. And like you said, they're about to jump right back into that. Here's an interesting stat for you, Jesse, speaking of them being back at home with how hot it is right now here in Arizona. When the roof is open at first pitch, the Diamondbacks are 13 and eight. When the roof is closed at first pitch, they are one and eight. So the Arizona heat is the problem. It's the desert that's heat that yeah, is the reason the Diamondbacks. What I'm, make that's sense. what I'm going to blame it. I'm going to blame it on that and definitely not <laughs> the starting pitching rotation, which has not been good lately. But I guess we have to ask, can they get back on track? It starts tonight with Merrill. Uh, let's take a look at the probable pitchers that uh, we'll see in this series. And, of course, we talked about this yesterday, but, uh, you know, this is a very winnable series for the Diamondbacks with very favorable pitching matchups so far. Zach Davies was outstanding in his last outing. Merrill Kelly yeah. owned a 2.65 ERA with 34 strikeouts and two home runs allowed in his six uh, starts at home this season. So he's been very good, but he's been even better at Chase Field this season. He has. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Luis Castillo is a really good pitcher uh, for the Reds and and Tyler Molly we talked about yesterday is certainly better than his numbers indicate. But uh, yeah, I mean, looking at all those different matchups, you get the sense the Diamondbacks definitely have a good shot in, in any of those games. I don't think uh, I don't think there's any of those games where you take the Reds starter over the Diamondbacks starter necessarily. So they're set up pretty well in this series. They're back at home. Um, you're the one on the ground in Arizona right now, Derek. I, I suspect the, the roof is probably going to be closed for these games at first pitch. I, it's it's so incredibly intolerably hot outside right now, Jesse. Yeah. I, I can't imagine leaving it open. I was there in May when it was below 100 degrees outside. And when they left the roof open for like an afternoon game, like let's say, you know, a, a, a 110 start and they leave the roof open when I'm standing over there by the railing where the diamond back, you know, by the, by the dugout and I touch the railing that's been in the sun essentially the whole time. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is like touching the surface of the sun itself. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, and that was when we were below triple digits. It's been so bad outside. Like <laughs> I have brand new air conditioning in my wife's car and you can feel it struggling to push up against the hot air. It's not that it's pushing cold air out. It's just every once in a while, it's like, give me a second. Hold on. Uh, I've been working hard this whole time. I just, just give me a second. So things been hot here. And that's why I say this is kind of interesting stat, considering that the Diamondbacks, for some inexplicable reason, have been very bad when the roof is closed when the game starts and and better than better better than normal when it's open. So uh, they they do have. The fact that Merrill Kelly won his uh, last start, and it was against this Cincinnati Reds team when he pitched six scoreless innings with uh, just one hit and three walks. So I guess my question to you is, is Merrill really the key here to this victory today, or is there someone else you're looking to step up and, and be big for this team? I mean, I'm probably going to pick the starting pitcher as the key to winning a game nine times out of ten. I mean, for that's sure. that's really how baseball works, right? Well, I mean, Kyle Nelson just going out there for one lousy inning, you know. There you go. Yeah, I mean that Lazy. that recipe certainly Lazy. worked, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's all on Kyle Nelson. I can't believe that he didn't suddenly uh, stretch himself out to go six times as long as he normally does. When he <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, Merrill Kelly is is definitely the key to winning this game, as I would normally say for uh, for a starting pitcher. And, and like you said, he was really good his last time out. Uh, the stuff hasn't been quite as crisp as we saw earlier in the season, uh, but I do think he took a big step forward last time out. And uh, like you said earlier, he's he's pitched pretty well at Chase Field this year. So hopefully he's able to, to continue that in this one. I know that you have a new article coming to go phnx.com. Uh, what was that piece on? That is on Dallas Keuchel and uh, what right. the Diamondbacks might be looking uh, to try to figure out with him. Obviously, he wasn't so great in Chicago, uh, but there's a reason they brought him over here. There's a reason they wanted Brent Strong to be working with him. Um, so, yeah, that piece should be out tomorrow um, looking at uh, what Dallas Keuchel might be uh, trying to adjust about his pitching arsenal and, and the way that he's throwing the ball in order to have more success in Arizona. 
my question for you is, is one month not enough time to make a decision on somebody like this at this point, considering that we've heard. And of course, that's not to say that it's automatic that he is going to opt out uh, if he's not called up to the major league roster in one month. But sure. with that time frame on it, do you expect to see uh, some sort of kind of rush decision on him? Or do you think the Diamondbacks will just kind of take the same amount of time? And if he decides to opt out, that's the direction he decides to go. I mean, I'm, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure if Dallas Keuchel can leave the Diamondbacks and instantly find an opportunity with another team. Uh, maybe there's a maybe there's a team out there that has that level of of desperation, but I I don't think that's going to be super easy for him, and, and I think he's going to have to take a hard look at the situation and and kind of recognize what his value is in the eyes of other teams. Um, they obviously have a better idea of of that than than we probably do at this point. My inclination though is that the Diamondbacks are his best shot for right now. I mean, he's he's going to put all of his energy. Uh, toward getting to the big league club here. And if it doesn't happen at the end of the month, maybe there's other opportunities out there for him. But I mean, working with Brent Strom, it's hard for me to imagine a better situation for him than yeah. what he'll have here in Arizona. And considering not, it's not to say that a bullpen start wouldn't have still happened if they had a full five man starting rotation that they felt they could rely on, but the opportunity is there uh, here in Arizona. Right. And it's not to say that yeah. uh, other teams necessarily have that open door in their rotation right now to have somebody like him come in and win a spot at this point of the season. It's not to say it couldn't happen in the off season, but at this point of the season, like you said, it really does feel like his best chances of making a major league team and his best opportunity right now is with the diamondbacks. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them, you know, call him up and give him a, a, a start or two. Uh, I just don't know how long of a leash he would have and, and how much the diamondbacks would expect out of him as far as you know starting for a game and length and stuff like that but excited yeah. to read that piece you can get that over at gophnx.com uh tomorrow and of course if you're not a member already sign up to become a member you can get an annual membership and it'll get you a free t-shirt like this beauty i'm wearing right here over at the phnxlocker.com uh, not only that but you'll get access to our members only uh discounts over at the phnx locker and our members only discord where you can come join us and scream and shout about Diamondbacks games because it's been very fun. We've had a great time over in the PHNX D-backs chat on Discord. So please join us, become part of the family. If you're not interested in the annual membership, you can get your month-to-month uh, -month option and you'll get your first month for just 50 cents. No t-shirt, but you'll still get the discounts over at the phnxlocker.com as well as the members-only access to the Discord. And of course, that's what we want. We want to build a community here. We want you to join us and uh, yeah, Forgive Jesse because when he is not awake grading papers or going to uh, graduation parties of people who he's been influential in their life, uh, he's sleeping <laughs> and uh, he's 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 been working to the bone. But we're excited because we're less than a week away from Jesse being right here in the valley. Jesse is going to return to us. He's going to be here with us full time. And uh, are you pumped for that, buddy? You excited? I am. I am pretty pumped. I oh, leave man. on Saturday. I'm gonna. I'm going to pack everything up, Derek, and I'm going to leave this place where I believe it is currently 57 degrees. That was oh, the high today in Seattle. And I'm, I'm going to move to a place where the temperature is literally about twice what yeah, it is here. It's, so, the city is a monument to man's arrogance, in the words of Peggy yeah. Hill. But uh, I'll tell you where we're going to go. We're going to go to Four Peaks Brewery, my friend. Uh, I right now am enjoying the Four Peaks Hazy IPA, which is a very, very popular beer. I'm very proud of people because as an IPA drinker, I get shamed. I get uh, I beer bullied, I'd like to call it. I like to call it beer bullied for uh, for my beliefs, for my likes of an IPA. I get people who are even incredulous about me liking IPAs. They don't even believe that I really enjoy them. But here we go right now. Mm, mm. That's a good beer. And it's one of many you can get from Four Peaks Brewing Company. So make sure to check out our our friends over at Four Peaks Brewing Company and all the amazing beers that they have to offer. Uh, I enjoy all of them. So uh, you know, I'm I'm really at, uh, I'm really lucky here because from Kilt Lifter all the way to Wow, uh, all the way to all their IPAs, I'm, I'm a big fan of all their beers. I never tried their Peach Golden Ale before, Jesse. I'm not big fan of peach flavored things, but. Mm. even that won me over so you know that it's a good brewery when even they're like 
fruit flavors you don't normally like can still win you over. Uh, so try uh, our friends over at the Four Peaks Brewing Company for sure. Not only try their beers, go to their locations. Their food is amazing. Everything is amazing. Uh, you must be 21 or older to enjoy their beers. And please enjoy their beers responsibly. But definitely enjoy their beers. And Jesse, uh, I mean, we could go on and on about the Reds and the Diamondbacks. But that's going to happen in moments. So instead... What we are going to do. Oh, Giselle said she went to Four Peaks yesterday for the first time ever, and the peach ale was super good. Yes. There you go. Yes, I again I wouldn't have I wouldn't have tried it if it didn't come in my multi-pack, but since it did, I love it. I love them all. So uh, but Jesse, you know what day it is. You know what we do on Mondays. We go to the mailbox. Always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow, my mailbox. That's that's an actual Mega Rand song. I'm going to have to put the link out there if you guys want to listen to the rest of it. But that's all you get. I've, I think if I use more than that, he's going to require me to pay him in Four Peaks beers or something like that. It gets yeah, very right. That point. But, of course, uh, Mondays we go to the mailbag. And we got a bunch of great mailbag questions, Jesse, some phenomenal ones. So let's start this off. Our first mailbag question comes from our friend Spencer Ogara. And this is actually something uh, he, he wanted to know if we've asked been asked this before. And like we've kind of been asked this in a very variation of ways. But uh, Christian Robinson has always been an interesting topic for this team, considering what a top prospect he was. Uh, Spencer asks, would it be worthwhile for the D-backs to have Christian Robinson do what Carol Lawler did last year and watch MLB games with scouts and AZ? Is that allowed while he's on the restricted list? Is it just time to give up on him? Such mm. a unique case. No, as always, thanks. Thank you for the question, Spencer. And you're absolutely right. He is a unique case. And I absolutely don't think the Arizona Diamondbacks should give up on him. But I just think it's very complicated. And there's a lot of hurdles for them to get past. I think going back to the first part of your question, if a guy is unable to play, I don't believe he'd be restricted to do that activity. But I don't yeah. know. Because again, his case is so unique. I think if a guy can't, go be on the, you know, on the field and can't be playing. I think that uh, that kind of education of sitting with scouts, sitting with coaches in whatever way and whatever capacity is allowed by, by the game, by minor league teams, by major league teams, whatever the case may be, I think is very valuable to them to learn so much more about the game, right? Baseball for the players is much different than it is for the scouts. And sometimes the players don't have that time because they're so busy being a player and trying to impress the scouts that they don't get a chance to stop, sit next to a scout and ask them what they're looking at. Why did that impress you? Why doesn't this guy impress you? What are you looking for in this at bat? What are you looking for from this, you know, guy defensively? What's, you know, all of those things can be invaluable. Even if you're not asking questions and he's just kind of saying, telling you some stuff that he's looking at as a player absorbing that kind of knowledge from somebody who you don't typically get to spend time with, I can, I think can be very valuable. Right. But you know, yeah. again, it's, it's just depending on in what capacity can they, can they be allowed with Christian Robinson? It's a very difficult situation still with him and uh, his entire situation for what happened. I, I, I just think that the diamondbacks from my perspective are being very patient with the situation. They're trying to do everything they can, to still have him be part of this organization and, and their future. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's not, it wasn't that long ago that Christian Robinson was arguably the best prospect in the organization. I mean, this was kind of before Alec Thomas had, had risen up the ranks. This was before Corbin Carroll was even a member of this franchise. Um, Christian Robinson was kind of the guy, or at least one of the top few guys in this, in this farm system. Um, and in some ways he still is. I mean, he still has a very high ceiling based on what we saw from him a couple years ago when he was playing. Um, you're right, Derek. The situation is very complicated, and I'm not going to pretend to know the exact nuances of whether this would be possible or not. My understanding is that his restriction is he can't play in games uh, where there's a paying, uh, a paying crowd. Um, so any event where people are paying to be there, Christian Robinson cannot play in the game. I don't believe that would restrict him from watching the game, uh, similar to what Corbin Carroll and, and Jordan Lawler uh, did last year. So um, that would be, yeah, I, I think it 
it certainly sounds like something that would be beneficial for Christian Robinson. Uh, I know he still has a lot of work that he can do um, just working with the Diamondback staff. It is going to be difficult. I think around right now, actually, um, once extended spring training ends, um, it's a little bit of a dead end for Christian Robinson as far as what he can do. And I'm, I don't have the exact date, but I think it's right around now that extended spring training uh, ends. And so the Diamondbacks are in a difficult position with him moving forward. Um, I'm sure there's still some stuff that, that he could do. Um, but at this point, there are no longer games that he can really participate in. So uh, maybe it does turn into the Diamondbacks bringing him out to Chase Field and, um, you know, having a lot of conversations and having, you know, him pick their brains on whatever things he can. Um, but it, it is a really tough spot that he's in right now. Brandon Buckingham in the chat asked, hope the fellows answered the question I placed in Discord yesterday. And his question was, I think this one uh, was something interesting to consider. Now with Carson back, who do you play in center field, right field? Is it Varsho Thomas, Thomas Pavin, Varsho Pavin? Who, who do we play here? And they are getting to a point, especially now with Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly back, that it is getting a bit crowded. And it's not just roster wise of having these guys on the roster at the same time, but it's getting a bit crowded as far as who gets playing time and when they get playing time. Right. Obviously right. Lavallo is still going to play favorable matchups based on the starting pitcher and other things like that. But I, I do think that, you know, again, Varsho who has been playing such good baseball during the season and doing it both in center field and at catcher is now probably going to see his role dialed back a bit. He'll probably play a bit more, DH would be my guess for Varsho. I don't know. What are your thoughts on what we see out of the center field and and, and beyond? Well, it, it's really tricky when everyone in the mix bats left-handed. <laughs> There's not really like a natural right. platoon yeah, yeah, situation yeah. that you can employ here. Alec Thomas, Dalton Varsho, and Paven Smith all bat left-handed. Uh, Jordan Luplo is certainly going to be an, an important piece as, as kind of the resident right-handed hitter that they sure. have. Um, but yeah, I, it's tough. I mean, I was listening to the radio broadcast yesterday and Chris Garagiola asked Luis Gonzalez, um, you know, if you, if you're and I think they, I think he phrased it as like, if you're playing in a wild card game, like a one game playoff, who's your starting center fielder. Um, and so it's like, it's, I mean, it's Alec Thomas or Dalton Varsho and Gonzo did say, he said, Alec Thomas with Dalton Varsho DHing. I feel like you're at the point where both of those guys need to be in the lineup somehow, some way. Um, And they they both have some versatility, especially Dalton Varsho, who can catch as well. Um, Paven Smith, offensively, been a little bit of a rough go for him lately. Um, So I I think there's still some leash there. The Diamondbacks are invested in him and and what he can bring to this team in the future. Um, But right now, it feels like, at least from a performance standpoint, I think he's clearly the guy who... Uh, sort of the odd man out at least at least as of right now so it's a it's a tough situation and like i said earlier with all of them batting left-handed that doesn't really help you sort through it anymore right i mean thomas and varsha would be my choices obviously based on what they've been doing this year and just also based on their ability to play the position especially when you talk specifically about center field they just seem to be the guys providing uh the best defensive coverage out there alec thomas makes great plays that many might think are insignificant right like uh the other day Paven smith missed you know trying to catch a, a a ball off the wall against philadelphia and alec thomas just played it incredibly well like he knew exactly where the ball was going to bounce to if Paven didn't catch it like it might have just been a bit of luck but he just <laughs> You know what I mean? Like just right place, right time, and it just bounced in his direction. So he ends up looking much smarter than that, you know, than he would if he was going to the wrong position and looked like he was out of position, right? But he just he played it so well. And it's one of those things that's like that that the way he played that is like wise beyond his years, right? And it's that kind of like uh th- that wisdom that you would see out of a guy that's been in the league five years, not you know, for two months or less than a month. Right. So uh, Chris says, can this surgery please be the end of Nick here? <laughs> Whew, I, we're, we're, no comment on that yeah. one, but <laughs> let's get back to the uh, let's get back to the Twitter questions that we have. Oh, sorry about that. With this defensive issues, uh, Brian Bobbitt, by the way, at BB underscore Nitro asked with his defensive issues, is there 
a time we consider having Marte to be the DH, or do we just not have enough infield depth to fill that spot? I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if it's necessarily that Marte, like Marte's made some bad plays, but I still feel like he's our best option at second base. And I really feel like there's too many other guys that, you know, can play DH and be, or aren't as valuable defensively to this team that can play DH rather than Cattell Marte. I think it's a pretty good question because uh, Cattell Marte, I haven't looked in the last few days, but he does not grade out particularly well in any of the defensive metrics. He's honestly, he's, he's been one of the one of the probably worst five or ten defenders at second base in baseball this season. Um, so that I think it's a pretty fair question at this point. He has, he has more errors than any second baseman in baseball. Is, I, I don't know if that's still the case like somebody might have caught up to him but the other day that was the that was the stat that yeah was the truth and holy shit yeah. man like, and the the eye that, test that, agrees the eye test says it's just it's looked pretty rough for him there throughout most of the season and the dh gives the diamondbacks an out now that seth beer isn't uh planted there every day like he was earlier in the season the diamondbacks can kind of use that spot however they want to and uh yeah I don't know. Cattell seems to be a guy that they should be giving more of a look there. I'm not sure exactly how you shuffle the lineup. There's not really a super obvious way to shuffle things around so that Cattell lands in that spot. I'm not sure who else you're having play second base. You can slide Josh Rojas over, but then who plays third base? Um, there's still some holes there. So I think we'll continue to see Cattell play second base most days, but it's a it's a good question moving forward uh, with you know Cattell just signing this big extension. It might not be too long before he becomes a guy who's who's DHing more often than not. Uh, Brood Squad asked back in the comments, uh, and this goes back to your question about the yeah you know, the left handed thing, thing. <laughs> yeah, right? It, it there's yeah. no right <laughs> because all of our outfield prospects being left handed and assuming Thomas and Carroll are untouchable, who do you trade for a righty? Uh, David Peralta, I would feel like David Peralta would be a good choice because we've seen him as a prime trade candidate at this point. Uh, and as the trade deadline approaches and this team really doesn't do much more than, you know, hover around 500, I think there's going to be a point where the Arizona Diamondbacks are very realistic about this season and don't see it going, you know, suddenly in a different direction. This team though, I mean, especially after Sunday's game, that's, that's the exact kind of fucking game that that makes you lose your mind about this team because this team is so capable of being what we saw on Sunday so often but they're just not they're just not consistent and they're like it, it feels like if they could just have that consistency and follow that path that we would see this team actually be a successful team that could get over 500 and maybe make a push towards some sort of wildcard spot after what we've seen it doesn't seem like they're incapable of that but it just it seems like they just have these ruts where as a team they kind of slide into you know in into these losing streaks you know these these offensive ruts where they can't seem to get a hit as an entire team just all sorts of stuff right but man i've i've really been impressed by this team at times this year and i feel like everybody should be very encouraged about what they're building for towards the future. No matter how this season goes, I still think they're going to end up 20 plus wins from last season. And that's that right there is something that this franchise and fans should be proud of that they were able to yeah. you know, come back and start building towards the future. Alec Thomas is here. They've secured some of the best guys in their you know lineup and in their rotation to be here for a while. So things are promising for the future of this team. I just think, you know, again, somebody like David Peralta, even with how big of a person he's been for this team even a personality you know he's been for this team uh who knows if he's gonna stick around voluntarily and if they can possibly yeah. trade for a right-handed bat or a prospect that's that's right-handed bat um that, it could be huge for this team just to just to have that because there there isn't much relief in sight when it comes to that yeah i i just don't know how much you're gonna i mean if you trade david peralta you're trading away a half a season of david peralta I'm not sure you're going to get, you know, your future right-handed, uh, right-handed hitting. Give him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Throw a mad bum in there. Throw you're going to deal. 
They'll never notice. They'll never I notice. They'll just assume. I don't know if that's. Uh, I don't know if that's improving the return or diminishing the return at that point. But uh, yeah, I don't know if you're going to trade half a season of David Peralta and expect to get you know your future right-handed hitting left fielder, you know, cornerstone in the lineup. That's probably not going to happen. My perspective on this, Derek, is just that having an overly left-handed lineup is a problem that teams that are going for it need to deal with. Um, teams that are kind of in a, I don't want to call it a rebuild, but a, a kind of an in-between phase right now, like the Diamondbacks are, I don't think that's an urgent issue for them. Um, package of Peralta, Pavin Smith could move. Yeah, maybe Pavin Smith definitely brings some value. I still don't know if there's a lot of value there, to be frank, at least from just a trade standpoint. I'm not sure how how much of a valuable asset he would be viewed as by other teams, but um, yeah, it's a problem the Diamondbacks are going to have to address eventually, for sure. Chris asked, do you really see David wanting out? And no, I guess, no. I guess the answer there is no, but I didn't see Eduardo Escobar wanting out, and I didn't see Eduardo right. Escobar not coming back here. That was one of those like weird rumors that wasn't just amongst the fans. I will say wholeheartedly that I've heard I heard players say that. I heard members of the media say it. That wasn't just fans being like, hey, maybe maybe Escobar comes back. No, like the belief was it was a slam dunk to get him back. And the Mets just paid so much more money than the Diamondbacks were willing to offer him that, you know, he had to do what was best for him at this point in, in his career. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I mean, of course, when it when it comes to that kind of stuff, we have the fact that he, you know, hit for the cycle. Uh, not too long ago and he you know was, he hasn't been having a great season but that's definitely one of those memories that will last for a very long time so and with yeah. Mets fan that's just that probably made him a god so he's going to be loved there for a while so I, I mean again yeah. to answer the question I didn't think I would see him not come back I thought it was a, a done deal and you know that the history says otherwise so yeah I, I would yeah. see David Peralta going someplace that might be willing to offer more money than the diamondbacks are willing to offer. I, with, I don't with know the, if the, go sorry, ahead. we're, we're freezing up here. I don't know if the diamondbacks will make an effort to bring David Peralta back to be Frank, really because of the issue we talked about earlier, when you already have Jake McCarthy, Pavin Smith, Alec Thomas, Dalton Varsho, all batting left-handed on your depth chart. You're probably not looking to bring in a veteran presence. And that's not to say David Peralta hasn't been a huge part of the the culture. I think he's arguably the face of the franchise right now, just based on the the freight train brand and and how many kids I think who root for this team that would probably pick him as their favorite player on the team. Um, he's been great. I mean, you really can't ask for anything more than what he's done uh, just for this fan base and his time here. But that doesn't mean from a baseball standpoint that it necessarily makes sense to bring him back. And so I'd be pretty right. surprised. It's like, it's like the did it's, yeah, it's not to say Cole Calhoun wasn't a, a great, great player for this team. He absolutely was at times. He was just a bit injury prone while he was here. And it came down to his contract, you know, not really being worth it when the Diamondbacks had the young players waiting in the wings, trying to figure out where they were going to play a guy like Pavin Smith, you know, who they want on the major league roster, but, you know, didn't really know you know, weren't, weren't ready to like replace Christian Walker with him yet at first base. And, you know, he's yeah. worked out so far in right field. We've seen him make some pretty damn good plays this, this season, but uh, I've, I've been really surprised by his batting average, especially considering how much in the past we and the players have talked about how, you know, how, how plate savvy he is, how well he knows the strike zone and what a knowledgeable hitter he is at the plate. I guess it doesn't, you can know you can know the strike zone all you want, but it doesn't mean that you're you're hitting the ball in the strike zone at times because he's been he's he's been a bit rough this year. But uh, yeah. moving on, moving on to more fun questions because of course, uh, <laughs> you know we could do baseball stuff all day long. But uh, question number three from Twitter: Gabriel at Boulder's Bronze asks, "How many bad calls would it take for you to straight up swing on an umpire?" Oh man! <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> You're going to get very different answers from Jesse and me. Now, <laughs> I don't know if we're talking about me as a player. I don't know if we're talking about me as a manager or me as a fan. 
But I think I think we're we're talking right. about you as a member of the press, Derek. We're talking about how many bad oh, calls would man. it take before you dart out on the field out of the press box and come with <laughs> come out with your baseball bat and are ready to do some damage. I think that's well, what I think you about. can ask the D back security guys how many times <laughs> that's already happened in the past, and that, that number is twelve, Jesse. Once we ah. get to twelve, I've reached my boiling point and I'm ready to fight someone. <laughs> I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Mark, the security guard, and by the by the clubhouse. I don't care. I don't right. care who it is. Give me anybody at that point because I'm ready to fight. Um, what what what's your number? I'm guessing your number is much higher than twelve. Well, Derek, you have to understand who I am as a person. I will, if I see conflict, I will run in the opposite direction about as fast as I possibly can. So mm, I'm not exactly the. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not exactly the type of guy to become. I really would make a horrible manager because I could never go out and like be actually. I'd be putting on such an act if I tried to get mad at umpires. It'd be very, very sad. Uh, Jesse would come out as a manager to the umpire and be like, um, "So was that? You sure about that one? You were? All right. Well, you know, hey. Yeah, yeah. One. I just and, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hope your I'll mom's okay. You know, he needs to really calm down. I'm he's a hothead, and I get I apologize on his <laughs> behalf. I apologize. So, um, again, please apologize. Uh, yeah, that would be Jesse as a manager, but uh, yeah, Jesse, I'm I'm swinging, I'm 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 yelling, I'm screaming from the very first bad call until again, number 12, and then that's we've number had enough. That's the most we're gonna go. Mm. All right, next question from Twitter. When Valley sports suck, what are your backup teams? And that's our friend at Valley guy 20. Uh, mm. That's a, uh, that's you're really, you're trying to incriminate us. I understand what this question is for and you're just going to get us in trouble here. But uh, my outside exterior baseball teams outside of the D backs are very troublesome. Uh, people are going to like it. It's uh it was it was the New York Yankees for a long time, as I've talked about on this show before. Oh, gosh. But Jesse, yeah, my NL team, my NL team back in the day when it was an NL team, um, was the Houston Astros. Uh, so uh, hmm. that's even more problematic, I'm sure. For a yeah, lot of that, that's you really couldn't do much worse than those two teams. I really there. People are just gonna really love couldn't. you. <laughs> uh, but as far as other sports, my love, honestly, uh, because my mom was born. Uh, on a military base in Colorado uh, has been Colorado based teams. So when I was younger and the Broncos were doing good stuff, we would root for the Broncos. Uh, and then when the uh, Colorado avalanche who are now in the Stanley cup finals this year came to Colorado, uh, I became a big fan of theirs when they moved from being the Quebec Nordiques to Colorado. Uh, I own a Colorado avalanche Jersey from their inaugural season. Uh, I, have been a huge Colorado sports fan outside of the Rockies, uh, mostly, and the Nuggets, of course, because nobody, nobody, oh, yeah. there's no other NBA team. I'm just going to say that right now. There's no, the, you know, I used to like to root for the Oklahoma City Thunder just to make Seattle oh. fans mad, but that was, it wasn't a real <laughs> thing, Jesse. It's just because I liked Kevin Durant and I wanted to make, Seattle fans mad, but my love has always been dedicated to Suns. Uh, I guess outside of Suns, meteorology-based teams like the Thunder. But um, mm. yeah, in baseball, it's a bit problematic. What about you? I mean, I've I've been all over the place, right? Like at one point, I rooted for the Braves simply because here in Phoenix, that was the only team you could watch them or the Cubs. That was your two choice. Really. Really? Yeah, because you could get the Cubs or the White Sox on WGN. So we had like WGN as a basic cable channel. So if you had basic cable, why was WGN, WGN was a basic cable yes. channel in Phoenix, Arizona? Yes, yes. Wow. Ever since ever my entire life, it was like I don't know what channel it was like Channel Nine or something like that, or it moved around. Just the there's lineup. there's that many Chicago transplants I'd in Phoenix. Never, that... <laughs> I never thought about it. Like I knew why TBS, you know, like TBS was a big super station, right? So TBS yeah. was a nationwide station, but they were right. an Atlanta-based station, so they played Braves games, right? So TBS was always that's why you knew that. But WGN just was here in Phoenix. Like you hardly wow. ever watched it because I want to say it was the same affiliate as some other local affiliates who you still watch the local cbs channel or whatever right but yeah wgn was just on here so you could catch it was mostly chicago game uh cubs games but they also you know had white Sox games so that was it that was like before the diamondbacks existed here when you turned on 
your basic cable you got that's the channels you got see elizabeth says i remember getting wgn uh, low tone phone wgn double headers were the best yes and oh they my were gosh. because see here's the thing when when we were kids jesse which is again demonstrated by your video we played earlier something you won't <laughs> understand we didn't have like fucking designated cartoon channels and shit you watch stuff when it was just on and because daytime tv was so boring 90 percent of the time it was exciting anytime cartoons were on or sports were on. That's those were like the two exciting things for me as a kid. I mean, don't mm. get me wrong, I was a huge I Love Lucy fan and Munsters and shit like that because that was the other stuff that like played in reruns during the day besides soap operas. But there were not a lot of options when you were a child in the 80s trying to stay home from school and watch TV on a weekday. So uh WGNs, especially during the summer, right? During the summer sucked. So when baseball was on, at least. There was something on. I didn't care who won. I just wanted to have baseball on and watch the game. As a matter of fact, because I kind of um, had people I knew that were Cubs fans, I'd just root against the Cubs. That's what I would do. lose Because I thought it was funny. But I've been a terrible person for a long time. I've come to terms with that. Uh, let's mm. go to our next question from Twitter. I don't even I don't even get to answer the question. Do you not is get that, that one? That... I am sorry. I just steamrolled you on that one. Let's back up. Sorry. Go back. You to that you one. you asked me. You were like, oh, what about you? And then you started. And, and then you started telling it this crazy all story. All yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Well, my answer is not going to be a quarter as long as yours was, but um, <laughs> I would I would say uh, probably. Probably the uh, probably the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, when I moved to the Northwest uh, a couple years ago, I wouldn't say I, it's not an extreme. Like I don't absolutely love the Trailblazers or anything. But when I moved to the Northwest a couple years ago, people are very devastated around here, Derek, about the situation with the Supersonics and oh, that whole story there. Which I know, I know. <laughs> earlier you talked about how you just love to make fun of these poor Seattleites <laughs> who lost their beloved basketball team. Um, but the the trailblazers have the trailblazers have quite a culture. Um, I went to a Suns Blazers game uh, this last uh, this last season and uh, up here in in Portland. And I of course was cheering for the Suns when I was there. Uh, but the Blazers have kind of a good thing going. It's it's kind of like in Portland there aren't really any other big professional sports teams. Sure. Yeah, um, so so it's it's kind of a cool thing that they've built and i know the trailblazers haven't really gone anywhere the last few years and damian lillard has been sort of stuck there um but i have a soft spot for the trailblazers after living up here in the northwest for a couple of years it's understandable and respectful I, I get it definitely and you could kind of equate like their love for the trailblazers is like the valley's love for the suns right yeah, it, it's rooted in history because they've been a part of that city for so long. And the same thing with the Suns. But, you know, even the Diamondbacks, even with winning a World Series, we're still that team that other people like what we're talking about right now had another team because unless yeah. you're 20 years old or younger, you know, you've you, you you've you've haven't known this to be this team this entire time. Right. So it's like. I understand when people have other teams. Uh, Elizabeth brings up the Portland uh, MLS team, and I've seen video of home games at their. MLS I know, game. I know the nothing numbers. about soccer. I know nothing oh, about they, soccer whatsoever. So I apologize, Elizabeth. I didn't know. No, 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 okay. no. But you're right. Going back to what you were saying, they don't have the major sports, right? But so the teams that they do have, they support so thoroughly, and it's yeah. a lot of fun to see that the that home environment and all those Portland. Uh, game and but. and people in portland are just generally like they're they're very fascinating people if you if you go to portland you'll you'll meet some very fascinating people so uh they root for their sports teams hard and and i uh i enjoy being around them so there you I, go. I, I enjoyed being in seattle so the pacific northwest kind of won me over and much like lone tone capone i am a big fan of portlandia uh, also one of my faves so next question from twitter uh, Chris wants to know what snack food best represents your co-host and why. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh um, man! I'm gonna go first, Jesse. I'm gonna give you some time, and I'm gonna really insult you on this one. Um, I am gonna go with a Lay's potato chip original flavor, but here's why. Wow! Original? Like, original am I that boring? Flavor. It's not that you're that boring. It's not that you're that boring. You know why? Here's why. 
because you you you're you're uh you know you're a teacher you have this vibe about you and then when you bite into an original potato chip you realize how good that potato chip is even in its simplicity how it's still just a very good well put together snack that never needed to be dusted with artificial flavors and colorings and made into other things no <laughs> no you realize how good an original potato chip is because you know why <laughs> when you go to a place and they serve you like original like a plain potato chip there might be one of those things that you think like oh man they gave me plain potato chips but when you pair that with anybody else no matter how ridiculous and crazy that main dish is the <laughs> potato chips do nothing but compliment they're dependable they're reliable and they're the perfect snack that's the reason why my daughter require like I won't even say, you know what? I'm going to go a step further. I'm not even going to say plain Lay's. I'm going to say plain Pringles because original flavored Pringles in the can are still one of my favorite potato chips of all time. And you're one of my favorite people. But the reason why is because no matter what you think about that potato chip, you can't help but go, this is actually really good. And so is Jesse Friedman. <laughs> I love like... <laughs> Oh, don't even get me started on Emma. Don't even get me started on what Emma is. Oh, oh man. But Jesse, all right, let's go ahead. We can do you first, and then we'll see about uh, we'll see about figuring Emma out. Okay. Well, well, just real quick, just so I can understand, you're basically saying that at first glance I'm very boring, but like low key, I'm actually like pretty cool in the end. Is that a pretty accurate not reflection not of only, what you said? Not only are you cool, you are uh, good. You are dependable. You are. <laughs> delicious i'm saying you're delicious is what i'm saying <laughs> i am saying okay we can stop there <laughs> okay well that's fine all right go ahead what snack am i jesse Freeman? what snack are you oh goodness um okay is this like so this isn't restricted to like ballpark food necessarily no, could be, no, could this be, could anything. be anything. I, I, she said snacks she said snacks okay snacks um all right um I think I am gonna go. I am gonna go the uh, the ballpark route here. Okay. Um, I think I think you're like a churro dog, Derek. I mean, <laughs> that's the clearest connection I can see. I don't, I don't hate that at all. I don't hate a that churro at all. dog. A churro dog is wonderful. Um, but you know, I mean. It's you're flawed. gonna it's it, it it's a little you know it can be a little uh, it can be kind of a lot at times yeah. but you yeah. know but yeah. overall a churro so dog is a sugar. wonderful experience and as long uh -huh. as you have someone like emma to kind of spread the you know spread the load around we don't have to all yeah. you know it's not just me i don't have to eat the whole thing right uh, oh, then then it, yeah, then yeah, it yeah. works it friend. works out yeah, yeah yeah it works you out start, pretty well you start so. thinking of ways to handle it like this is a lot. How do we deal with this? And then right. someone says, let's take the churro out of it because it's hot. And it seems like the churro is melting the micro or the, the ice cream or the frozen yogurt. And then right. the other friend says, ah, that's exactly what we should do. And then you turn to the churro dog and say, hey, churro dog, um, would you send us a link to the show? And would you send us the title and description and a rundown, please? <laughs> basically i get it okay so i take I it back derek gummy. derek is definitely an og's gummy. i am 100 percent an og's gummy that's what i was gonna say emma is by the way emma's an og's gummy um, he's not the micro dose either definitely not the micro dose. i'm a handful of 10 milligrams is what <laughs> I am, but, uh yes emma emma's no micro dose either she's a 10 milligram uh i'm gonna go with orange creamsicle gummy is what i'm getting at, emma. i wanted to go I wanted to go Dunkaroo for Emma. I, I don't know. That might be a bit much because, again, uh, Emma is a lot. See, here's the thing. Emma is a fascinating uh, package. That's why I think. So, like, a Dunkaroo isn't just a snack, right? You're not just getting a bag of chips or you're not just getting, you know, right? You're not just getting, like, the, 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 the churro dog. What you're getting out of Emma is, like, you open it up. There are cookies inside. There's frosting. You know, it's like, it's so much more than you ever expected it to be. And that's there you go. what working with Emma has been like. Emma has been, I mean, I knew she was awesome from day one, just like you do looking at a Dunkaroo package. You don't even have to look inside of Dunkaroos and know that's a fun snack, right? So the minute she called me big guy on the first day we met, I was like, <laughs> I like her, I like her, right? 
this is the this is the woman that brings me beers like these wonderful uh front pour uh excuse me four peaks uh hazy ipas and she opens them jesse and she has them ready for me when i'm ready to podcast in the studio what kind of wonderful see it's all this wonderfulness that i didn't expect inside of this uh so you just have really you have really low expectations for me and emma and we pleasantly have both surprised you is basically what i've learned from this i mean i feel like you're really just you're really just hanging on the negatives there i believe i said you were delicious earlier but uh, whatever <laughs> that uh, just made me uncomfortable that yeah, wasn't I really uh... i get it i get it see like you're ruining it but of course uh i still i still think uh the description of emma being og's gummies is perfect and of course uh regardless of if if you think that describes emma or not you can still go try og's gummies for yourself then learn a little bit about her by watching the show and then decide for yourself if that describes her but uh og's brands has a wonderful variety of gummies to offer uh, I talked about her being orange cream. So cool. Of course, that's very descriptive. Uh, they got pina colada. OG's has a pool party coming out uh, very soon, by the way, Jesse, that I don't know based on our like relationship with OG's if I'm invited or not. Uh, but I think I might crash it regardless. It's at the Maya Day Club on June 25th. Uh, you can get special OG's cocktails. What? swag photo ops and more uh jesse that might be the first thing i take you to when you get into town so prepare yourself to go to a pool party held by ogs but uh again if you're interested in the wide variety of ogs uh, brand variety of edibles gummies that they have to offer you can check out their website at ogsbrands.com that's o-g-e-z brands.com to find ogs near you uh, and like Jesse said, they have the wide variety of doses. So not only can you get yourself the three milligram microdose if you're not interested in jumping into their regular 10 milligram regular dose, or if you're a seasoned veteran like myself, uh, get down on the 10 milligram mic- or 10 milligram regular dose. Get uh, get all this stuff. So again, thank you guys so much uh, for checking out OG's Gummies. Thank you for participating in Mailbag Monday. Uh, we still have more questions to ask. We're not just <laughs> ending with calling Emma a package of Dunkaroos. So well, we got Emma. Twitter questions. Giselle asks, oh, I love this question so much. What is your comfort movie? Jesse, Ooh. comfort movie. Uh. Man, I mean, I could, I could say comfort baseball movie. I know that um, is obviously the Sandlot. That's definitely my comfort baseball movie. I wish I could describe to people how much my heart swells just watching the first five minutes of that movie, where it's basically, you know, a grown-up Smalls walking into the stadium as a full-grown adult who's a journalist and a reporter now, and he goes into Dodger Stadium, and he walks up to the press box, and it's like, I don't make it four minutes into that movie without tearing up. So I don't know if I can describe more of a comfort movie than that, but I'm also a giant baby. Jesse, I cried during Ghostbusters Afterlife. So don't even get me started (laughs) on me crying during movies. Uh, But yes, that's a, that's definitely a big comfort movie of mine. I'm going to say one other movie that a lot of people don't know or may not know, but it's called evolution. Uh, it's starting it starred david duchovny it's a very fun speaking of ghostbusters it's kind of like a ghostbusters-esque movie uh Mm. with him in it and it's just a great movie and i it's criminally underrated not a lot of people have seen it but it's a very funny movie about like uh alien spores you know landing here on this planet and then reproducing and turning into like kind of like a alien culture that they have to stop eventually it's great it's very Mm. funny and it's one of those movies I could watch one million times and still laugh at it on the one millionth and one time. But I, I'm probably going to just fall asleep 10, 15 minutes into it because, again, it's it's my comfort movie. It makes me feel good. I could uh-huh. be having a terrible day and that's going to put me to sleep because I just I, I feel like I'm already wrapped up in a nice warm blanket by watching it. So uh, I know you don't watch a lot of movies, so I, I wanted wanted to get what your take <laughs> is on this. You think I'm just such a fascinating case for a question like this. You really uh, are. I <laughs> wait to see where this is going to go. Um, uh, okay, my answer is probably... <laughs> it's No, it's not Moneyball. It's not Moneyball. I do love Moneyball, but that's not my comfort movie. Um, my comfort movie is probably, uh, is probably National Treasure, uh, which I just... Really? I don't know. There's something about National Treasure where I think Riley is hilarious. Like, he's my ideal 
comedic relief character in a movie. Sure. Yeah, and that's so, he's a great uh, character. Yeah. And it, it's the only good movie that Nick Cage is in, I'm pretty sure. Like out of oh, all of them, I think it's just, the only one. That's so. false. That's a man that hasn't <laughs> seen The Rock or Con Air. What are you talking about? That like, is fair. That is fair. Right. But I don't know. I, I'm a little skeptical. We'll have to see. I'll have to watch some more uh, some more Nick Cage movies. But it's a it's a good one. And there's something about that movie where I never get tired of watching it. So there you go. Yeah, no, that's you reminded me that when I was like younger, one of my favorite comfort movies was the uh, was uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And a big part of that was like what you're talking about with the comic relief. Like, I just love Sean Connery as Indy's dad. And I love the fact that this guy that was like this, you know, archaeologist slash superhero had his dad just embarrassing him and you know, wagging his finger at him about stuff he was doing wrong and everything. There was just something that was so wonderful about that. But like, that's, uh, I, I watched that movie until the VHS tape had a hole worn into it, but yeah, wow, definitely, definitely good, uh, good, good action adventure movies. Right. But all right. Do we have any more questions? Is that it? Emma? Are we out of questions? Elizabeth agrees with me, by the way. She says that that's the only good Nick Cage movie. So thank you, no, Elizabeth. No, that's incorrect. <laughs> that's not the case. So, um, but yeah, so that's all the questions that we got. Uh, we thank you guys again so much for joining us and participating in Mailbag Monday. I love Mailbag Monday so much, but more than anything, I love watching the Arizona Diamondbacks win. And I think we should all go off and do that they're about to play the cincinnati red so yeah uh, we thank you guys for joining us of course before we let you go go to the DraftKings sportsbook if you're a new customer if you haven't signed up yet uh you can get down on the nba finals action bet five dollars right now on either team to win it doesn't matter who and if they win if they don't it doesn't matter you'll get 150 dollars in free bets instantly they also have a promo code right or a promo going on right now that you can get out on tonight's game where you bet on either team and if they go up by 10 points at any time you win regardless if they win or lose that game it's a great opportunity to go out there and bet on i mean i don't know it seems like uh it seems like the golden state warriors have been pretty capable of going up by 10 at least even in the losses and the celtics have been pretty hot so i think either way you might not be able to lose on that promo but again Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals, and you will get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code PHNX only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And Jesse, I absolutely got down on that action because, I don't know, I just think that uh, given NBA games are so much like this, like, I wouldn't bet this kind of thing if they were like, oh, bet on either team to go up by two runs, you know, or more in a game because that's so difficult sometimes in MLB game to have like uh, a swing like that. But how many basketball games have you seen where both teams go up by 10 points at some point? Yeah, especially when you're talking about the two best teams in the NBA left, you know, locked up here in the finals. So hopefully this series remains very competitive and let's all win. Let's all go get down on that at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And yeah, we can, we can all win with this promotion. I like that promotion a lot. So uh, Derek, am I, am I, before we leave, am I accurate in saying that Robert Ori was on our sun show today? Did that, did that actually happen? Cause I saw a promo and I didn't get a chance to watch it, but how on earth did we allow Ah, uh, there we go. Derek's got the baseball bat out now. Robert Ori, Jesse. You want to bring up Robert Ori? I have to stay silent on this. He's a guest, an invited guest on our network. But I'll say there might be a track record for you to go out there and see hundreds, hundreds of Robert Ori tweets of me. I have wished to bat upon Robert Ori in every possible <laughs> situation that I possibly could. My own birthday halloween new year's day christmas day it doesn't matter dating back 18 2019 2017 i don't know there's tweets all over the internet just like your stupid video jesse none of this goes away the internet is forever and so are my tweets about robert ory so what i'm supposed to sit here and hide my disgust for the man who cost the sons possibly their only chance at winning an nba finals championship in their I- entire existence don't even i
<laughs> you, have, you finish the show. You finish. The show. <laughs> All right. Well, we everyone, everyone in the comments, uh, everyone in the comments Robert. is saying, sorry. Every I just need to point out no, that everyone in the no, comments is pointing. No. Everyone in the comments is saying that apparently it was a very good interview, and I need to go watch it because maybe, maybe my my uh, very strong opinions about Robert Ori right. that you also seem to share are are unfounded. Maybe he's a changed man. Uh, but I think I'm a little bit skeptical, Derek. I'm going to have to go see it for myself. No, okay. Sorry, I had to hop in. The interview is actually really, really good. Like, I, uh, really uh, good. Okay. Like, as much guys, as much um, as we no, all despise no. this man. Derek, Derek. As much as we all despise this man, it was such like a... It was very, like, humanizing. Like, you see him more as a human. Anyway... I'm gonna bite. I'm gonna bite. That's gonna be that's gonna be pretty hard for Derek to view Robert Ori as a human being. But <laughs> the question is, do I want to? And the answer, Jesse, is a resounding no. It's a hard no. I just hit this car, this no with my car, and there's now five hundred dollars worth of damage. That's how hard this no is. But I will probably end up watching it because that's uh, I'm glad. Apparently, we should. So. Yeah. You guys should do whatever, but uh, you should also follow us on Twitter again. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D backs, but of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Of course, if you're listening to us right now in your favorite audio podcasting app, please make sure you subscribe to us, leave us a five star review. That way, everybody knows how wonderful we are. Uh, also, go over to the PHNX sports. YouTube channel, subscribe there, sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss any of the live content coming out not only from our show, but from all of the wonderful shows here at uh, PHNX, even ones with fucking Robert Ori on them, I guess, and uh, whatever. Uh, Emma Dunkaroo Clark is how her name is going in my phone going forward, <laughs> by the way. So just to let you guys know that, uh, we thank you so much for not only being here in the chat and submitting your questions, but for being Arizona Diamondbacks fans. Well, let's go get a win against the Reds on behalf of Jesse and myself, uh, even, even little Jesse. We thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, and remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when Greg Schulte is on the call. <laughs>